It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. to go. Moment of truth time for Papa's Golden Boy. Papa's Golden Boy has a lead by four. Sluice tis whiz. Now angles to the outside second and then it's top executive five-star general majestic eagle. 16th to go. It's Sluice tis whiz who sweeps on by. Sluice tis whiz in the Long Acres Mile. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs Long Acres Mile Week 2023. Just heard the Win by Slew's Tiz Wiz last year in the 87th mile. The defending champion is back for this year with nine others. Mile Day on Sunday, August 13th. It's Championship Sunday presented by the National Thoroughbred League. We'll have more information on that league. Bill Rappaport will join us. And so will John White, mile historian and handicapper. John... uh, Loves that Long Acres Mile, as we do, and we'll have him on as we've had so many consecutive years, either on the Win Place Show or Horse Racing Northwest. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and Bill Downs here to talk Long Acres Mile and much more. Fellas, the races are set. It's a stakes quadruple header, an all-stakes pick four for Championship Sunday. And uh, Vince, a lot of time at the keyboard for you this week, huh? Yeah, we already got three morning lines done and a lot of mile um, stories and stuff up there. We had the draw breakfast yesterday. A lot of fun to see everybody out. And uh, I think everything turned out pretty good. We got 37 horses in the four races with the special 50 cent pick four. We all remember last year it paid 67 and some 67,000 and change. 67,000. Don't know if we'll get that again this year. You guys are going to have some opinions on that, but uh, it looks like the weather is going to be great. And uh, sounds like uh, Wasi, our 2008 mile winner, is going to lead the post parade, yeah. Joe. We saw Wasserman last weekend at breakfast at the wire, and he just looked like about a three year old Colt in the spring getting ready to run. He is 21 years old. As Vince said, he won the 2008 mile and he'll lead the post parade. He's done that before. He'll do it again. That'll be a treat as well. Getting Wasserman back, the all-time leading money earner at Emerald Downs. Bill joined us. Bill for the draw yesterday. And uh, Bill was also on Channel 13 with Alyssa Charleston last Sunday. Bill, how'd that go? That went fine, you know. It was, you know, Alyssa's can guide anybody through anything so it, it was uh, not that difficult uh just mentioned a few few horses talk about emerald, emerald downs in general and uh, wham bam it's over and uh onward we go but uh yeah so it was it was went swimmingly how about that very good yeah uh aaron levine sports director at uh, channel 13 producer mark rosen and uh, Alyssa charleston they all give us uh our attention very nicely a Fox affiliate in Seattle, 
And so we'll move on to this week, racing uh, Friday night at 7 p.m. We'll have the horseshoe toss again. And I think we only have three more Friday nights of racing after yep. this week. You know, yeah. or it might be less. What? Let's see. It's 11, well, we got 18. the 11th. Uh, the 18th, the 25th. And that's it. That's I've it. Been, I've been noticing on Friday night when that last race goes off, it's getting a little darker yeah. outside. So. Yeah, don't have to yeah. tell me that because <laughs> yeah, I don't like calling races in the okay. in, in the dark, dark. I much prefer having uh, some sunlight. I must say, speaking of sun, we've had uh, graced with great weather throughout the meet. And it's really helps with the on-track experience having that nice weather and we've joe i think we've sold bill that the northwest is nice in the summer he didn't believe us last year at first yeah, exactly but now 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 i am a believer so yeah you. i've told this story before but uh, wayne mcdonald told it in a humorous fashion many years ago and he's been around all over and he goes you know you got to get the verses up so forth you know i mean he's yeah okay and got to get people out here this is the greatest place in the country in the summertime. The weather is the best. He goes, in Minnesota, they got bugs the size of birds back there in the summertime. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it is a good spot. The weather's supposed to be great this weekend. Saturday, first race will go a little bit after 5 p.m. because we have the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame ceremony starting at 4 p.m. So note that if you'd like to see the induction videos for attaboy roy striker phd bar c ranch frank lucarelli and the gnn thoroughbreds of george and norma sedlock all 23 inductees to the washington Joe, thoroughbred hall of fame you've done a lot of work on that i'm on the committee too and it's fun to see it all come to fruition because there's a lot of committee and a lot of meetings and a lot of this and that but to see someone like frank going is a lot of fun i know yeah. you'll be hosting it Yep. So that'll be happening before the races on Saturday. We'll have the Groove Nation band. Groove Nation up on the fifth floor after racing on Saturday night. And if you come into the track to the races on Saturday, you get free admission up there to the band. And if you have a ticket for the band, you get free admission to the races. So uh, keep the action going on Saturday night up on the fifth floor after racing. Groove Nation, some live music in Auburn. Sunday, the Railbird Rally at 11.30 a.m. And you can get in for free between 11 and noon for that Railbird Rally. Afternoon, uh, we'll start charging on Long Acres Mile Sunday. Dean Mazuka is hosting. We'll have plenty of guests. I think us three guys will make our way out there at some point. For the Railbird Rally, there'll be some... Uh, Trivia questions and some nice little giveaways, prizes, gift cards, uh, a Long Acres Mile shirt. Just a few prizes Dean will be tossing around out there as well. And there'll be food and beverage options also. We're going to have some food trucks on Sunday. Uh, Manny's Mexican, Delfino's, which offers Chicago-style deep dish pizza, Garmini's, and uh, the Donut Factory Something like that. It's going to be out there. Plenty of food trucks. And uh, it'll be a nice crowd on Sunday for the 88th Long Acres Mile. And we'll talk about the field as well. That's some of the action going on this weekend. Uh, Vince, uh, let's get to the weekly honors from last week. Something we do every week on Horse Racing Northwest. Beginning uh, yeah, week of August 6th through 8th, the Valpac Jockey 
Alex Cruz, five-bagger, first jockey this season at Emerald Downs to win five in a day, the fourth time he's done it at Emerald Downs. And guess what? He's now in the lead going for his record four straight riding title here. Yeah, Negron has been leading since, what, week two maybe? Pretty much, yeah. Negron, kind of a slow week. He only had one one uh, winner. But I look for him to counterpunch and come back. I know his main man, Justin Evans is looks like he's pretty loaded this week, so they could bounce back well. Las Margaritas trainer, this guy only had one starter last week, but what a starter it was. David Martinez, great mm-hmm. job with appeal factor. And uh, she dominated the Lassie Stakes, pretty much coasted to victory, just wanted to go early, and she set some fast fractions. She is a valuable racehorse. And uh, congratulations to Jack Hodge, Oakcrest Farm. They're not sure what they'll do with her because not being a Wabred, she cannot run in the Washington Cup. Jack said he didn't think they would run her in the Gottstein against the boys. So maybe shut her down till next year or maybe uh, ship her somewhere. That's the options. Owner, Saratoga Northwest Racing Club. They went two for two with She Makes Sense and Heart River. The Washington Bred, Joe, you know this horse, Freightline. Uh, you're one of the owners there, bred by Nina Hagen and Holly Sturgeon. She's out of Night Raider, a triple stakes winner here at Emerald Downs in the Quarter Shoot Cafe Groom. This guy works for Steve Bullock, Isaiah Leon, and Joe, I guess he is the groom of Freightline. Yeah, he's a good fella. Uh, he really gets along with all the horses. He's always talking to them, and uh, I think they like him as well. Isaiah Leon, groom of the week. And I noticed Freightline is, uh, I believe he's number two among Washington breds in earnings this year well you guys got 36 grand because there was three supplements to the race last week at five grand a pop so that was quite a first prize zabra cadabra the son of harbor the gold who's been based back east the last couple few years he is number one well out in front at over 150,000 among washington bread earners of course all that could change this sunday with four stakes races uh, nobody's going to be passing Zabra Cadabra, but the top of the list uh, will change the top five, top ten. And uh, Tom Wenzel, fellas, is loaded. Uh, he's got a runner in all four of the stakes races. Of course, defending mile champion Slews Tiz Wiz, two in the distaff, uh, Lloyd's Logic, and Aloha Breeze. And uh, Bill, you're not really surprised Tom Wenzel is uh, doing well again this year. Yeah, he's one of my uh, favorite uh, trainers out there. Probably him and Blaine Ryder, the two that I I uh, admire the most. And you mentioned uh, he's he's loaded, and now he's got Tiz Macho Girl running for the first time under uh, Tom's tutelage. And uh, that... that uh, um, she a filly or a mare, but uh, she is a filly. That filly is going to be really tough in the distaff. It looks like, uh, at least on paper, the Blazing Bella Blue and Tiz Macho Girl are a strong one-two punch uh, in, in the favorite roles in that race, and uh, I think both of them will give a great account of themselves. The Oaks with Tom is Aloha Breeze, and she's been dominant three for three. No one's come close to touching her on the front end but this time she goes two turns and one of the old axioms in racing is do you take a short price on a horse being asked to do something it hasn't done before that's the thing is but then it's like okay well who's the alternative and then you got a lot of other fillies who are also but their prices will be higher if you will so i think blaine wright had a pretty interesting idea shipping one up here that is uh route experienced yep carmel by the sea Mm -hmm. uh finished second at uh, pleasanton Last time out, doesn't necessarily want to be on the front end, more of a uh, stalking role. Uh, I know we talked about, Vince, we're just talking about others in there who could 
potentially uh, improve uh, going two turns right. for the first time. One I saw a little bit was uh, looking up uh, was Yogya. Her dam won the race. Yeah, the dam was one going long and a half to uh, a horse named House of Lords who won a few races going long. So at least there's some pedigree and it's by Palace Malice as well. So you expect that, you know, pedigree wise, you know, Yogya, who's trying a route for the first time, has a decent post, post five, might be an interesting long shot because that last race on July 29th, throw it out. There was a horse that came out. Nana's Angels came out and three horses were pinballed all over the place. And uh, Nana's Angels was thrown out of there. And uh, that, that to me is a complete throw the line through the race completely uh, on that race on July 29th. Okay. And Step well, Up has made 37 grand here this year. She also, I thought, had a, a kind of an interesting pedigree, too. She does right. have some two-turn pedigree uh, by, the, by the Flatter Stallion Upstart. Um, and you guys mentioned doing things for the first time. Well, that's one reason the pick four paid 67 grand last year. Uh, Tis a macho girl, you're the cause, stretching out. And, of course, the favorite slack tied in there ran a good race, but uh, she was stretching it out and got beat as a favorite. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, interesting handicapping challenges in all of those races. 9.2 field size average for that all stakes pick four, starting with race number five. That'll be the Emerald Distaff and Defending champ Zippin' Sevens didn't go for Alan Bozell, but uh, still an excellent field as we've talked about. Hey, some of the mile data, as we're, we're going to be talking mile throughout this edition of Horse Racing Northwest, Grant Forster's coming back to town with five-star general. Grant uh, was young when he won that mile in 2005 with no giveaway. You know, just one of the great stories in track history, bred and owned by Herman Sarkowski, who had a... Uh, long career in racing at the top nationally. And of course, a guy from the Pacific Northwest, uh, no giveaway, uh, won it for him. And it wasn't really decided until after he won the governors that they'd be shooting for the mile. 60 to one winner with Juan Gutierrez. Uh, Grant Forster had won the Oaks the day before with a classic life. And uh, he went to the Midwest. This is his first time back here since uh, he left Emerald Downs. I think it was 06 was his last season here. And he's coming in with a pretty strong contender, Vince. Yeah, he is. And um, you know, the interesting thing about Five Star General, who's the two to one second choice on the morning line, if you're handicapping that race, you, 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 you probably, if you like the buyers or whatever, they're big, but there's one interesting statistic on him. I know he's a different racehorse now, perhaps, but he's 0 for 7 here. And uh, you can't, Bill, that's something you take into account. Yeah, exactly. When making the morning line, you, you take a look at what the what the PPs have to say and, you know, who likes the track, who's lots, lots of different factors. And obviously speed figures and whatever you're using, uh, brisk numbers, DRF numbers, ragas and she, I don't know, time for whatever you're using. Uh, you know, five-star general has some, some pretty lofty speed figures uh, at the head of the class of this field. But at the same time, I know, you know, he hasn't won a race here and he's had seven chances. And another interesting thing, and Bill, you pointed this out. I think for a Long Acres mile, the paces doesn't look to be unfolding at that strong a clip. The last couple of years, we knew Papa's golden boy when they went around the turn, he was going to be in front. He's just one of those kind of horses. But how do you guys see the early part of uh, 
of the race playing out this year? Well, I mean, a five-star general's you know has turned it around, if you will, in terms of running style. He's back running on the front end in his races. But I'm looking at the you know looking at the field right now, and I see Rocco Bowens on uh, this uh, five-horse Seattle Bold who won uh, last time out at Sacramento. Granted, it wasn't a fast pace, but I'm expecting Rocco to get his money's worth uh, on Seattle Bold. There, yeah, and so I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk on the front end, especially since Seattle Bold's drawn to the inside of Five Star General, and we'll see uh, the cat and mouse game uh, between Bravo and and Rocco. Uh, as they uh, reach the back stretch and see how fast they want to go in this race. But uh, yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's still, uh, you know, of all the, all the races, as much as I love, and I, I you know, what Sluice Tiz Wiz has done this year in both those races, even the, the defeat in the Budweiser was about as visually impressive of a defeat that you could have around here. And then he, you know, he, he aired in the, in the governors once again. And so he's coming to this race, just absolutely loaded. But uh, I, I, you know, five star generals, no joke. Uh, zestful for Evans, I think, is going to improve a little bit going around of ground. And uh, you know, even a horse like Top Executive for Blaine Wright, we were talking about it. You know, I watched that race just before I came down. That was a really good race. He didn't have any racing room until he yep. got got clear right about the at the furlong pole, and he could have won that race by four if he wanted to, Amador. And, you know, he was fourth in the mile last year. <laughs> fourth in the mile yeah. as the favorite. And as the favorite. And he's gotten off form, but now he's back in form, it looks like. I th- you know, that that to me was uh, uh, certainly interesting. He He's not going to be that far off the pace yeah. either. I think they've kind of struggled to get him back on his game a little bit, it yeah. looks like. But they did. He he did turn a corner last time. And that was one to struggle on the morning line with. Yes. Because he, he certainly gets a lot of respect now. Out here. On the other hand, um, that was six and a half furlongs. The time wasn't especially fast. Um, wasn't quite sure what to make it, except that he did win. And you, as you mentioned, he could probably could have won easier than he did. Yep. So. Well, he is six for 11 at Emerald Downs. And Blaine had to skip the governors last year because yep. of just a well, very right. slight issue and ran him in the mile, um, wanted to run him in the governors. And he still came in fourth out of what was it, 11 or 12 in that race last year. So it wasn't a terrible effort. Sluice Tizwiz beat him. Yeah, top executive. I've got him on my radar for sure. Uh, so what about the races between Sluice Tizwiz and Five Star General last year? I'm seeing that Five Star General actually outran him, Sluice Tizwiz, two out of three. But then Sluice Tizwiz won the big one, Bill. Yeah, and, you know, and the thing is, is different that style. a different style now. That's the whole thing now. In the you know, on the barn of Grand Forster, and the, you know, they've taken the blinkers off three starts ago, and he's run. Yeah, granted, he, he's been defeated in two of those races, but you know, the Schaefer Memorial at, uh, at Mild Stopping Grounds in Indiana that was a legit race, and that was off a little bit of a layoff as well, three month layoff. So that you know, five star general, he, he, oh, he's he's going to be have to be dealt with. And I'm sorry. Did we mention Joe Bravo coming in for the mount too? We yeah, didn't. not yet. We didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, two for two. They were two and two against each other. Uh, Sluiced his whiz, outran uh, five star general in the mile and the governors, and then five star general outran him in the Budweiser, and then after the mile in that uh, mile and seventy yard record breaker. But Joe Bravo, number twenty five all time in thoroughbred racing. 5,600 wins, Jersey Joe making his Emerald Downs debut, and I'm sure he's not coming up just to see our nice weather, and I'm sure Grant has told him, Forster, that 
listen, you're going to be riding a pretty live horse in a $150,000 race. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, one horse we haven't mentioned yet, Il Bellator, who mm-hmm. finished third behind yeah. Katona for player. Doug O'Neill. You know, he, he's, you know, doesn't have too much in terms of dirt form. He has two dirt races, one of which was the sheer belief at Del Mar, and he went on the shelf after that race. And then he ran a pretty good third in the Pleasanton Mile uh, on July 9th behind Katono's. Who's going to probably be taking on some uh, bigger, bigger, classic, bigger, you know? uh, bigger fish to fry, and that so that was not that bad of a race, and he got a legit number in that race as well. And so Il Bellator, I think, is somebody you got to take a look at as well. I think it's uh, the third choice in the morning line. I'm always impressed by a horse that consistently outruns their morning line odds. That tells me they're firing in some pretty tough fields, and he was 68 to one in a grade one on turf at Santa Anita, finished fourth, and then he was 56 to one in a grade three. San Francisco was only beaten a half length. This horse is a stone runner. He won the California Derby on synthetic last year, and as Bill said, even his dirt races haven't been too bad, and I got to think that that Oak Tree mile, Pleasanton mile, was just kind of a a warm-up for the Long Acres mile, and that he'll be a little tighter this time around for uh, Jose Basista, the trainer, and owned by some local people, Edward and Teresa DeNike of Kent. They mainly campaign quarter horses down in Los Alamitos, where they've won numerous grade ones, but they have occasionally come up with some good thoroughbreds, and this is one. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it, synthetic Big races on the grass, the Shoemaker Mile beaten less than a length in the San Francisco Mile at Golden Gate, third out of nine there. And then that was a good field in the Pleasanton Mile on July 9th. He was third of 10 there. So, yeah, he is a runner, too. Where'd you guys have him on the morning line? I got it right here. Okay, six six to one. The third choice, kind of a big drop off to there. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and his rider is coming up uh, for trainer jose batista alejandro alejandro gomez, gomez yeah. who's one of the perennial leaders down there and he's following the horse up here and i can't blame him he's got a good shot okay so morning line favorite is uh slows his whiz at nine to five five star general right behind at two to one il bellator at six seattle bold at eight and uh, some local long shots, uh, a man's man, 20, Arma de Oro, 20, Zestful at 12, who's coming off that third in the Governors, a 15 for top executive, 24 exclusive speaker. So the mile, mile is the eighth race on Sunday, the 88th Long Acres Mile, and looking forward to a great Sunday of action with the all-stakes pick for 11-race card overall. We'll start right there at 2 o'clock. We're going to have jockey intros coming out of the jocks room this time. little different format. Uh, jockey intros before the race. And Pete Von Reitbauer of the King County Council is honorary steward for the 88th mile. So uh, just a lot going on this weekend, as you might expect, for Long Acres Mile Sunday. All right, we're going to take a break and come back with John White on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. 
It's Skywalker holding the lead by three quarters on the outside. Zulu is at second by three. Then Bedside Promise. Then Shrapnel along the rail. Polynesian Fire in mid-track. Skywalker holds the lead. Bedside Promise is closing ground. Skywalker. Bedside Promise will drive on the outside. It's Skywalker. Bedside Promise. They're neck and neck. Bedside Promise. Skywalker. Skywalker. Bedside Promise. The 1986 Long Acres Mile went to Skywalker, another historic day in the history of the Northwest's most famous race. Skywalker, of course, went on to win the Breeders' Cup Classic at Santa Anita. A couple of months later, Lafitte Pinkai up to ride for Michael Whittingham. And John White joining us on a mile broadcast of Horse Racing Northwest. John, we've heard that story before, but you had a pretty special tie to that race. Welcome. Well, I sir, I, well, good to be with you guys. Happy mile week to you guys. And uh, yes, it's a very fond memory for me, that uh, particular Long Acres mile, because that was, first of all, that was the last day I was ever at Long Acres. Mm. And uh, I actually got invited to fly up on the plane with the horse by Michael Whittingham, because I had told Michael Whittingham what a big deal the Long Acres Mile was. I said, have you ever been there before? He said, no. And I said, uh, well, it's a big deal. You'll really have a good time. He said, why don't you fly up with us? And I said, uh, well, I'll see if I can get the time off. And the racing form would not let me off on Saturday to fly up with the horse or Friday to fly up with the horse. But... Uh, I was able to fly up Sunday morning from uh, from San Diego and flew into SeaTac, and uh, my father and brother picked me up at SeaTac, and so I spent the day at Long Acres. But Michael Whittingham said you can fly back in the plane with us. So uh, and then I bet on the horse. I I had six hundred and six dollars in my pocket, and I bet all six hundred and six dollars <laughs> on it. And I'm going to tell you what, that was uh, a pink, we used to call that a pink eye power play in the press box at Santa Anita, when that boot strength of pink eye would seem to carry a horse over the finish line, because Bedside Promise and Chris Wilson ran a fantastic race that day, and that was a top horse too, and uh, it was a neck victory for Skywalker. I had dinner in downtown Seattle with Michael Whittingham that night. And uh, early in the morning, uh, they had they had chartered an Alaska Airlines jet, uh, and uh, John Franks, who owned for Rat, had offered to split the cost and fly up from Southern California. And Oak Cliff Stable, which was the owner of Skywalker, said, "No, you're the enemy. We'll just go on our own. You find your own way up there." And they vanned for Rat up up for the Long Acres Mile, and. Uh, so we flew out of Seattle uh, very early in the morning, and my wife picked me up in the cargo area of LAX, and uh, she was there with uh, our dog at the time. <laughs> she was she brought our dog to kind of keep her company, and uh, so there she was picking me up uh, at LAX, and she didn't really, since I wasn't coming into the regular part of the airport, she kind of had a hard time finding me. And she found uh, one of those guys that drives the cart and parks the planes. And she yelled at him from, from the street. And she, he came over and she said, my husband's coming on uh, this plane from Seattle. And uh, 
you know, I'm trying to pick him up. And he said, well, come on in. And so she, she was on the cart with this guy that drove up to the van. I was in the van with the horse. And uh, they stopped the van and they said, uh, you got a John Wayne in that van? And they said, they, they said, yeah, we, we do. And so uh, I hopped out and got on the uh, cart with my wife and our dog and the, and the security guy. We started driving uh, toward my wife's car. And then the guy said, uh, would you guys mind if I uh, park a plane? And I, well, of course we said, no, no, please, you know, do what you need to do. And so he, he drove over to another part of the airport and got out those kind of flashlight things and landed a big uh, cargo jet uh, uh, coming into LAX. So on the way home, I told my wife, I said, gee, I wonder what would have happened if we would have said, no, we're in a hurry. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> no, we please don't land the plane. <laughs> but, well, so that was a very memorable Long Acres Mile, winning the, winning the race uh, with a good-sized bet on the horse yeah. in a dramatic photo finish and then coming, coming on the plane with the winning horse. Yeah, I've heard the story a few times, but uh, not not quite all those details. So, uh, John White, uh, part of Long Acres Mile history. Uh, well, you go back to the 1960s uh, in attendance at Long Acres. And, of course, uh, you were there when Turbulator uh, had that tremendous 1970 season but wasn't able to complete the deal because of an equipment malfunction. That was uh, too bad. Uh because that is probably the best horse that never won the mile, John. Well, uh, it was a fluke thing. I mean, his stirrup broke into several pieces, and I actually saw, you know, I, I'd always heard that Tom Crawford had that uh, those those uh, fragments of the stirrup framed. And uh, when I interviewed Marguerite Crawford at her home in Spokane for the Washington Thoroughbred Magazine, Sure enough, on her wall was the frame stirrup hmm. fragments, and uh, so that was very memorable for me to actually see that. Uh, you know, he only got beat two and a half lengths in that race. He was the six to five favorite coming off his world record performance, and I mean, Silver Double, who won that race, Turbulator beat him in the Playfair Mile the year before. He beat him next time out in the Seattle Handicap. I mean, he beats Silver Double regularly. So I mean, there's no question. That should have been his Long Acres mile, but uh, that shows you there's a thousand ways to lose a race. And uh, Tom Crawford always said that was my $50,000 syrup, which was a lot of money in those days. Oh, boy. But, uh, you know, Turbulator was such a popular horse, and I was fortunate to be at Long Acres the day he won his first stakes race there in the Independence Day Handicap which he won at 134 and 4 seconds, which was faster than the time that Silver Double won the hmm. Long Acres Mile in. I couldn't be there for the Long Acres Mile that year because my dad was oh. working in the money room at Playfair, and I was in high school at the time, and so I had no way to get to the Long Acres Mile. Uh, and uh, I was waiting for word of the result of the race. Those are the days we didn't have cell phones and and computers and wait, and even television coverage. And I was just waiting. I knew that somebody would either call or somehow connect, uh, contact the money room of Playfair to let everybody know how Turbulator had done. And we got a, like a teletype message that Silver Double had won the Long Acres Mile. 
I told my dad, I said, Turbulator must have scratched or something. I mean, there's no way that Sulphur Double yeah. won that race if Turbulator was in it. And then, of course, I found out about the, the infamous stirrup breaking. So that's part. You know, that's one of the great things about the Long Acres Mile. It is so rich in history. You know, I used to take people all the time down a stroll underneath the grandstand where they had all those Long Acres Mile winners going all the way back to Coldwater in 1935. And I would go through and I'd say, here was where Bill Shoemaker lost the Long Acres Mile as an apprentice jockey that way back when. And here, you know, here's the Turbulator one and on and on. I mean, there's so much history. When you think of the great jockeys that have won the race from Shoemaker to Pink Eye to Arcaro to London and on and on, of course, Gary Stevens, and it's just a phenomenal list of jockeys to have won the race, and it's just so packed with history. Yep. Uh, Vince and I, uh, we kind of got that mind, you'd throw us a year in, in uh, some of the major sports, and just here in that year, we can come up with uh, some info from that year, and that's the way it is with the Long Acres Mile. Give us a year, and... Uh, We'll uh, remember it because it is etched in your memory, the, the one-mile race and the just uh, where you watched it from and so many events around the mile. We're going to do it again this Sunday at Emerald Downs. It's the eighth of 11 races. And, John, and by the way, Joe, by the way, Joe uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, it is my favorite race. I mean, not the Santa Anita Handicap, not the Kentucky no. Derby, not you know, and I've been to the Melbourne Cup, I've been to the Japan Cup, and so this is my favorite race. And one of the big reasons I wrote about this week in my weekly column or blog for Express Bet, and I talk about being at Long Acres in 1967 with my father on an unusually hot day for Seattle and uh, watching King's Favor win that 1967 Long Acres Mile. It is absolutely one of my big early memories in horse racing. And uh, I've been, that race has been so special to me ever since. Well, those silks are represented. Uh, 1967, that is what, 56 years ago. Those silks are represented this Sunday. Ken L. Haddock using his grandfather's silks of Joe Gottstein for the El Teus Stable. Five star generals coming back, trying to become the first horse to be in the top three four times in the Long Acres Mile. He's trying a little harder. He wants the number one spot this year with Ken L. Haddiff and Grant Forster and Joe Bravo to ride. He's leaving Del Mar for an afternoon, and it'll be his first appearance at Emerald Downs. So take us uh, through how you see the race might unfold, John. Well, that's not a small thing that you just said right there, Joe, that Joe Bravo is coming up from Del Mar to ride the race. It's particularly noteworthy that he has been the regular rider for closing remarks. He's ridden her 10 straight times and is not riding her Sunday in the $250,000 hmm. grade two yellow ribbon handicap at Del Mar. So uh, who I made the five to two morning line favorite. Wow, that so is... he was going to be riding, if not going up for the Long Acres mile, the five to two morning line favorite at a $250,000 race, which tells you he must really like his chances in the Long Acres mile. And I do too. That is my pick. And I really like him in this race. Uh, I know he's lost three previous tries in the Long Acres mile, but I think this is this year. How ironic would it be, Joe, 
for me to like this horse this year, and he would win in, in those same silks of Altea Stable, which is Seattle spelled backwards. I always got, got a kick out of that, too, when King's Favor won that race. And uh, this horse is on his game. He's never been better. He's coming off a very good effort in Indiana, uh, uh, Indianapolis Horseshoe. And uh, this horse has rattled off three consecutive 90 or 90-plus buyers. And uh, when we talk about the favorite in the race, who is the deserving favorite? Uh, Vince Broom made a very good morning line in this race and installed as the defending winner of the race, Lose Tiz Wiz, as the 9-to-5 choice on the morning line. Very deserving. And by the way, if Lose Tiz Wiz becomes a two-time Long Acres Mile winner, it's kind of in his bloodlines to be a two-time winner of a big race because he's a grandson of Tisnow, and Tisnow is the only two-time winner of the Breeders' Cup Classic, the richest race in North America. So he's got it in his breeding to be a two-time winner, and he's on his game. He's coming up a big win in the Governors, just like he did last year. But when you look at his buyer speed figures, his top figure is an 89 in last year's Long Acres Mile. So his top figure does not match up with the last three for five-star general, and I think five-star general gets a very good pace scenario in this race, too, because of the fact that uh, we're not going to have that speedster that's been running in this race for the last uh, three years, mm-hmm. and uh, Papa's Pop. Golden Boy, without him in the race, I mean, Papa's Golden Boy went 108 and change for the first three quarters last year. I don't see any 108 and change in this race. I think with Joe Bravo aboard, five-star general can take the lead right here. Now, some people are going to look at this and say, now, wait a minute. He might not get all that much of an easy lead. There's another horse in the range that has some early speed, and that uh, that would be Seattle Bold, who would be a very aptly named winner of the Long Acres Mile if the California-bred Seattle Bold were to win the mile. But Seattle Bold, when you look at the fact that he's been on the lead in his last two races at Pleasanton and Sacramento, he's gone the opening quarter in 25, whereas five-star general's been going 23 and change and last time out 24 and change. I don't really see anybody in here that has the gas that five-star general's been exhibiting in his three races this year. It's like some kind of a light switch went on for this Kentucky bred son of distorted humor. And I, I, with Joe Bravo aboard, Grant Forster pulled off the biggest upset in Long Acres Mile history when he won the race uh, a few years ago with a horse that paid a ton. And I think uh, Grant Forster's got a very good chance here to get his second Long Acres Mile at a much shorter price in the wagering. Five-star general who is the two-to-one second choice on the morning line. John, I'm really surprised. I said going in to these guys. I said, John White's not only going to like Sluice Tiz, was he's going to like him a lot because you've kind of been on his bandwagon. And to me, he's going to see five-star general. He's, he'll, he's going to, I know that horse. I can beat him <laughs> six days a week and twice a day on Sunday. Um, and he has. Um, now you make a real good case point about the pace scenario, and that may, might make it, things a little more tricky. Um, for Slews Tiz Wiz, but to me, he's so good. I don't care about the buyers. I just know if with he's within striking distance at the eighth pole, he can run down any horse at this track, including five-star general. Well, I certainly can't, you know, and I would, 
be very kind of happy to see Sluice Tizwiz win. He's the only Washington bred in the race, and it's a great story, and Tom Wenzel's done a great job with him. And uh, listen, coming into the, to the race, I was totally prepared to like him and like him a lot. But when I sink my teeth into these past performances, and I think what has been the key with five-star general, and sometimes it's just something as simple as this. They took the blinkers off this horse for his last three races, and all of a sudden he took his buyer game to a much higher level, and he's just running faster than Sluice Tiz Liz has ever run. So, And the key is it's not one race, it's not two races, but three races of 90 of buyers of 96, 90, and 94. So, now I also think, while I did pick Sluice to his whiz second, I think El Bella, the later, is very, very, uh, must be respected in this race, too. He's coming into the race with three consecutive buyers in the 90s, 95, 93, 90. Mm-hmm. And he uh, ran, really outran his odds in the grade one Shoemaker Mile on the grass at Santa Anita. That was a very respectable fourth that day at a huge price, losing by just two and a half lengths. He came back on the dirt in the Pleasanton Mile and finished uh, a credible third there. The reason I'm not picking him first or second, despite those three straight buyers in the 90s, he has yet to win a race on the dirt. Now, he's only run on the dirt twice, and one of those was the decent third at Pleasanton. But to me... You've got the proven form and proven current, you know, sharpness of five-star general. And as you say, the Sluice Tiz Wiz, this is his home court. He's he's the, the one you got to beat to get, you know, to go through to get to the winner's circle for this race. He merits the utmost respect, and he gets it from me. But in this race, I can tell you, I'm, I'm going to be betting five-star general in this race. I mean... I just want to see him break away alertly from that gate. And I think from there, they got a very good chance that they're not going to catch this horse. And they'll be saluting the general in the winner's circle after this year's prestigious Long Acres Mile. Well, don't steal one of my race calls potentially there. So (laughs) I thought about that. And not that I'll use it, but I thought about something like that. You know, uh, Grant Forster had hats when he was here. Uh, they had five stars, four or five stars, blue hats with gold stars. And that was long before Five Star General was around. Uh, I, I'm sure that we'll see a couple of those hats surface uh, this week at Emerald Downs as Grant's coming to town and the horse will be arriving, I believe, today. So, yeah, it's it's a great event. I got some respect for Five Star General on last year's mile. Not that I didn't have it before, but I checked him out on the backstretch, and he was wide and, you know, worse than mid-pack. And I thought, okay, he's going nowhere today. Uh, I don't know why, but he's going nowhere. And then he ended up third. Uh, it was uh, like a good horse. A good horse is going to outrun a lot of his foes uh, when the real running starts and uh, he was never really in it but he did run third out of 12 last year then he ran a real big race he lost it to complicate the pace was super fast going a mile and 70 and grant forster was on our podcast a few weeks back he talked about taking the blinkers off a, a mature horse and yeah different jockeys have been riding him joe bravo is going to be up for the first time but he has really fired and that change in style is pretty dynamic. 
So John is on Five Star General, who is, uh, what is, number is he? He's number seven in uh, Sunday's Mile. John, uh, great stuff as usual. I know you'll be watching, and uh, we can't wait as well. A couple of uh, days leading up, we've got the Hall of Fame on Saturday, and uh, the Mile on Sunday, an all-stakes pick for you're on Five Star General. By the way, you were talking about Grant Forster and hats. I got a Long Anchors hat story for you. In the 70s, when I was working there for the racing forum, I was calling the charts from writing, writing a column. And I'm in the racing secretary's office one morning typing on my typewriter, and I'm wearing a Playfair hat. And one of the stewards, a guy that I ended up working at as a steward with at Yakima Meadows in 1979, Russ Lawler, came walking through the racing office and he, he looked at my Playfair hat and he said, you know, Maury Alhadeff, who of course was the president of Long Acres, he says, you better, I wouldn't wear that hat here. He's not going to like that. And I said, well, I don't work for Maury Alhadeff, and if he doesn't like it, that's fine. He can give me a Long Acres hat. So I kind of threw the bait out there, and I figure Russ Waller went right to the phone and called Maury Alhadeff. And before the first race that day at Long Acres, for those that went to Long Acres, you may remember that they would take the claim slips from the winner's circle, and on a wire, they would fish them up to the steward stand. Mm -hmm. So you would see this little pouch that would go from the winner's circle all the way up to the steward stand. So when I got up there to be calling the charts that day, before the first race, Buster Wiles, who was always there and worked in the winter circle and worked at Long Acres, he put a Long Acres hat in the pouch <laughs> with a note, and Russ Waller fished it up to the steward stand, and it said, give this hat to John White. And it was signed Moriel had it. <laughs> so the next morning, I'm in the racing office, and, and, and Russ Waller says, well, I guess it worked. You, you were able to finagle getting a Long Acres hat. He says, you better wear it tomorrow morning. I said, I'm not stupid. You better <laughs> believe I'll have it on tomorrow morning. And sure enough, at one point when I was sitting at my desk in the racing office at Long Acres, Lori Alhadith, who was walking with a cane in those days, came walking by and poked me in the back, in my back with his cane and said, Atta boy, atta boy, wear a Long Acres hat. And then he walked right on off. That's great. Yeah, that uh, John is uh, loves Washington racing. He's from Washington. It comes easy for you, John, to join us for the mile and talk mile history and stories. Uh, and we appreciate all that you've done over the years, especially around Long Acres mile time. Your pick's in. The stories are great. And uh, thanks for joining us once again, John. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, John. Happy thanks. mile day to John. Thank you. And uh, we've got his pick. We'll put that up on the Railbird Rally Board. Thanks, John. Talk to you soon. Um, and I'm going to uh, correct myself. Kind of Grant Forster. 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 Four star. There's four stars on his hat. That's what he used to wear in the old days. So, oh. it's you know, it's not quite five-star, but I, I figured it out before the end of the segment. Thanks so much to John. He's on Five Star General. We're going to have some picks coming up in the final segment. Uh, we'll do our sports shorts and our trivia and our uh, some selections as well. More to come here on Horse Racing Northwest.
It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. Horse Racing Northwest continues its Long Acres Mile Week at Emerald Downs. We're in our final segment, and this week's Championship Sunday is presented by the National Thoroughbred League. It's some new stuff, and a good friend from way back joins us here on Horse Racing Northwest. Billy Rappaport goes way back in this industry. Seems like a young guy, but a few years have passed. Uh, Billy was with SMTI, marketing agency, and got the Breeders' Cup going in the mid-'80s, worked for the Breeders' Cup many years, NBC, uh, produced plays, and worked so many uh, Breeders' Cups and Kentucky Derbies for those venues, the Winter Circle. Kind of ran the show, and uh, he's still in the game, which is great for the rest of us. And the National Thoroughbred League is getting underway in 2023. Billy, welcome, and uh, you're involved, which is a great thing for the National Thoroughbred League and the rest of horse racing. Hello. Joe, great to be with you. Thank you for those kind words. I really appreciate it. And yeah, we're we're very excited. And 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 one thing you left out was which dare I say to me is the most important to some degree is my love for Washington State Thoroughbred mm-hmm. Racing and for the history there. Uh you and I go back to Long Acres. Obviously I love Emerald Downs, but but it's it's just a very special place and I'm super excited that we're going to come up there next year with the National Thoroughbred League. But also, and it's important to point out that one of our six teams is the Seattle Gems. So we're super excited, Joe, because the Seattle Gems are going to be part of the National Thoroughbred League. And uh, they'll be racing in Kentucky at Kentucky Downs. But next year, we're hoping to have a home game for them up with you at Emerald Downs. And, and that'll be exciting, but it's a new thing for racing, and it's not just about the event itself on Sunday. It's about an overall concept where the event marketing is about a big concert the night before. We'll have Anderson Pock in Nashville, and, uh, and that will be uh, a very exciting Saturday evening, and then we go racing on Sunday. So it's a big new concept, National Thoroughbred League. We're very excited about it, and uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of something new in thoroughbred racing. Yeah, National Thoroughbred League uh, presenting Championship Sunday at Emerald Downs, uh, getting the name out and uh, a push at Kentucky Downs this summer, late this summer, and then uh, the six-team league starting up next year. That That's great. Billy, you were there at the beginning of the Breeders' Cup back in the mid-'80s, and uh, this thing has a chance to make an impact for some new fans in racing. What's what we believe, and as I indicated, we're looking at an overall marketing concept of an event weekend, not just a day at the track. So Saturday night, we have Anderson Park in Nashville, and then Sunday we'll go to the track for a very special on-track experience too. So the key to all of this, Joe, is to do something. The sport needs something new, something fresh, a new way to route, a new a new concept on track, as well as some of the programming that we'll be doing with that. And I feel as if this is a, a new beginning. And I'm excited to be a part of it, much like I was excited to be a part of the Breeders' Cup in the very beginning there, and it changed the sport. And I think this could change the sport, too. 
Yeah, that would be great. You know, Emerald Downs uh, certainly will be working with the Seattle team and uh, doing anything we can. As you know, we have a pretty progressive uh, marketing director and, uh, well, our track president, Phil Ziegler, has been behind a lot of concept days that uh, on-track attendance has been good at Emerald Downs. It's been real good, actually. Uh, especially well, it's, this. A very, it's a very you guys are super creative and that's what i love you think outside the box and joe you've known me a long time and you know that's how i try to operate there's no nobody cornered the market on good ideas and the and the goal of all of us in thoroughbred racing should be as follows show people some fun at a racetrack let them experience the sport in a natural way where they feel comfortable in the environment and they will continue to come back Maybe not because there's some special promotion going on, but because they feel relaxed and confident and comfortable in the environment and let them sample the product and have a good time. I think that's what we can all do. You guys do it probably better than, than most in the sport and, uh, and, and look how successful it's been. So, so we're proud to be partners with Emerald Downs and especially proud to present your championship Sunday. As I say, I go way back, as you know, with uh, racing in Seattle and uh, um, we have a lot of friends that are part of it and, and, and I'm just so so excited that Seattle is going to be on our uh, on our on our team list is and and more importantly that we're going to get there and, and show off in person uh, next year. That is great. Really looking forward to it. And thank you so much for your sponsorship. Yeah, presenting sponsor this Sunday, Championship Sunday, the Long Acres Mile at Emerald Downs. It's great to have Billy Rappaport as part of that National Thoroughbred League. Uh, can't do much better than Billy. Billy, thanks for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be going over a lot of details in the upcoming months. Look forward to it, Joe. Thanks so much for the opportunity, and uh, safe racing to everybody up there in the Northwest. Thanks very much to Billy Rappaport for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, North, the National Thoroughbred League uh, figures to be much more prominent in 2023 and even with the Seattle Gems in the league. Okay, fellas, uh, let's get to... Uh, I, I'm going to do a pick four ticket on Sunday, and I've got that figured out. That's 48 bucks. Vince isn't doing any picks. Bill's going to put together his stuff a little bit later on that. Is this going to make everyone $67,000, uh, uh No, but... Uh, if you get all the favorites beat, you know what a pick four can pick. You bet. First leg, Nan Elizabeth, Blazing Bella Blue, Tizamacho Girl, Our Lila Grace. Our Lila Grace has some route breeding. And, of course, she's already surprised one time in a stake this year. So I went one, two, four, five there in the distaff. In the Muckleshoot Derby, Lloyd's Logic, Prince Abu Dhabi, DeChambeau. You know, leaving out a few there, but Lloyd's Logic, the Gottstein winner, gets two turns. He doesn't have to go against Clovis Connection, so two, three, eight there. In the Oaks, uh, you know, Aloha Breeze is going to get singled a lot. I'm going to put Carmel by the Sea in there, too. She's a route horse, and she's one horse that hasn't been being beaten by Aloha Breeze. So three, seven. And then the Mile, Zestful, five-star general, top executive, and Slew's Tiz Wiz. Leaving out uh, Il Bellator. Four there. Successful five-star general, top executive, sluiced his whiz, 3789. That's a $48 ticket in the mile. And uh, by, the, 
I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. By the way, the Clovis Connection you mentioned, he is running at Santa Rosa this weekend. He is. In a stakes race on turf, I believe it's the Joseph Grace. Okay, the Joe T. Grace, that race goes back a long way. Um, any, let's do some other selections here. Uh, Bill, on Friday night, I'm going to go fantastic day in that sprint race because everybody else in there has big speed, likes to go to the front. Uh, Oliva coming off a break, knew every, you know, everybody in there. Yep. And fantastic Polanco, day. Yep. And I mean, you picked him up late in these races. He hasn't been winning, and that could well be the case again. But, boy, he still looks like he has a ton of ability, and he's going to be closing in at six furlongs. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think I, I will pick him on top as well. Uh, I didn't. I didn't didn't love anything Friday Saturday, so okay. I got like all sorts of things on uh, on Sunday. Um, let's see. Before the stakes races, the fourth race, um, it's a race that Ice needs whiskeys going around the ground for the first time. I didn't like how he uh, ran, so I'm trying to play against him. Rhodesia ran up against Deshambo, and Deshambo is a legit horse in our mm-hmm. in our Derby. Uh, so Rhodesia ran third and, 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 and DeChambeau got a big number. And so I like him, uh, on the drop back in class. And also in that race, it's uh, a couple horses that, uh, one I played last time, but I, if it was a sprint, I'd like him a lot more. She said my way. I just don't know if he can route it all. And then Mr. Mafioso, he was, yeah. he was set yeah. as a rabbit in the race that his stablemate won, Napoletano. And Mr. Mafioso was bumped at the start. And got to the lead in that race with Ice Needs Whiskey, who is a confirmed front runner. And he was right there at the eighth pole and then faded late. But uh, um, he might be interesting either, too. And you know, he's another one who doesn't really have a whole lot of two-turn experience. So there's some question marks there. But I thought that was a much better than uh, looked race on July 21st. You know, Mr. Mafioso, I, I would have loved him, too, if it was a sprint. Because yeah, yeah. he more than did his job as the rabbit last. In fact, right. I thought he was going to win there for a second. Yeah. And he really did help set it up for... Napolitano. And then, you know, just going over the, the pick four sequence in the distaff, uh, you know, Blazing Bella Blue and Tiza Macho Girl both had bad starts in the in the in the legislator stakes. That was the race our Lila Grace pulled off uh, the upset. Um Tiza Macho Girl gets to go around a ground. You know, not that Blazing Bella Blue is is bad going around a ground, but I, I I'll give a slight lean to uh, Tiza Macho Girl. In the distaff, and then the muckle shoot derby, uh, a lot of speed in the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so Prince Abu Dhabi, I think, is going to get a great setup in here, uh, where he, last time in a very short field, kind of, you know, it ran okay, but it gets a good field in the Los Al Derby. Oh, I'm a big fan of Lloyd's Logic, who's still looking for his uh, first uh, win of the season. But like Vince said, Clovis Connections going in that race at Santa Rosa. So, uh, um, we'll see if Lloyd's Logic can get that win in the Muckleshoot Derby. The Oaks, I'm I'm a big uh, Aloha Breeze person, as you well know, even though this is the first time going around a ground. I just haven't seen any cracks in the armor at all uh, with Aloha Breeze all season long. The, for a long shot, I guess Yogia, uh, as I, we mentioned earlier in yeah. the podcast, uh, she'd probably be someone I, if I'm going to single or if I'm going to have to key – Aloha Breeze, you know, Yogi might be somebody underneath that I would also be using. So uh, three and five in that race. And then the Long Acres Mile, I've gone back and forth. 
I've been on the Zestful camp. I've been on the Sluice Tiz Wiz camp. I've been on the Five Star General camp. I even been you know looking a little bit at top executive. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I really, I have not made up my mind yet. Me either. And so it's 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 just one of those things where uh, all those horses uh, interest me, and uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm not going to. Uh, make an official selection because I don't like getting pigeonholed uh, days ahead of time if I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, all those horses that I mentioned, I think uh, I've got uh, legit chances in what uh, should you, be a fun you, race. You know what? The mile to me at Emerald Downs, uh, you, the horse that's been the best handicap horse just does so well traditionally here in the mile. And to me, that sluiced his whiz. I know Zestful wants a route of ground, but he really... He's a good horse, a class horse, has made a lot of money, but he hasn't made a big impression on me, even though he's run fine. Um, maybe you're right. The, the stretch out, what's they've been looking for, this is the objective. But I just think Sluice to his whiz, without bridle up to the bar, is just head and shoulders above anything locally I've seen this year. He has been powerful, powerhouse. I mean, those words have been repeated during calls and uh, from others, and it's just been really impressive after winning the mile last year the way he has come back uh zestful is the he's the big money earner in the field at over 700 he's a grand. good horse and 15 a, wins he takes his game on the yeah. road and yeah and two turn horse so uh, and I, the price is good yeah so. the price will be good and he'll be right i think he'll be right behind the speed um you know he had the rail in his first race here at emerald and he was on the way far outside and he didn't you know you're not going to use all that energy unless you're a real speed horse from that far, far outside. And I just think he's kind of been just in these races, sprint races. He just, he, he's going to win a race like this. It's going to be a mile, mile 16. Yep. He's not, he's not going to win a $150,000 sprint race. I don't think. Well, and, 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 and that's what, it, that's what he's been. He's been a, a middle distance horse. He's got a good post. And like we said, you know, there's not a whole lot of, early speed and if there is he'll be right behind it i don't think he battles for the lead i don't think he's fast enough either early on so you know at 12 to 1 or whatever i think he's 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 worth a look here's here's a, a, a stat i've got Go on the yeah. mile and it i don't think it really factors in this much because of the running style but in the last six seasons at emerald downs in races going a flat mile not a mile and a 16th uh posts 10, 11, and 12 are 0 for 22. Posts 9, 10, 11, and 12 are 2 for 55. Jeez. And he, he drew the 9. And posts 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that's the outside 5, are just 7 for a 134. And we all know there's the short run into the first turn here. So it is very logical that outside posts would be hampered. And normally I would say that as a factor. But with his running style, it still might be. He still could get hung up wide around the first turn. But Slews to his whiz is the kind that could overcome that. Yep, drop over, save ground. Uh, Zestful would tie for the oldest winner in the mile. Uh, awesome gem and collaborator, I believe. Little Rolo, little uh, Rolo. gigantic yeah. in the late 50s, eight-year-olds. Uh, boy, just Zestful with success on dirt, wet, synthetic, and grass. Uh, yeah, a it real would, It would be a fitting capper for Justin Evans' first boy. season here at at yeah. uh, Emerald Downs with 36 wins already. Did you, you've done the morning line, Vince, for the Sunday. Uh, is Bill, just, Bill did help a little okay. bit, yeah. Is there a price horse out there that just, you know, you don't want to pick one, uh, make a pick, but a price horse you were intrigued with? 
Um, I didn't really prep you on that. No, not really. And I, you know, I didn't think about it a whole lot. Well, you'll lot. find one if you don't have one now. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think, you know, a couple, you know, Yogi Bill mentioned the, the breeding angle is pretty good on there with... Uh, Definitely. The horse hasn't really done that caviar. much wrong, but it would have to still... You still have to improve, but improve we're, you know, at least let, let, we're not taking three to five we're taking double digits that's I think. right so that's that's part of it as well it's yep. all about the price i mean there's horses that i would love to bet at at uh, four to one but i would hate to bet at four to five and that would be you know that's the thing with uh aloha breeze it's you know how if you like your lover a whole lot how do you make any money unless you're just you know you're you're betting you know gobs of money and trying to you know win at three to five or whatever but um yeah so that that would be my, my okay my discussion on on price very good uh some sports shorts uh mine are around the long acres mile john white mentioned it slews tis whiz the only washington bred in the race this year and that has happened six times in the emerald downs era uh only one time did the only washington bred in the race win that was ed nader in 2000, Slews Tiz Wiz is going to try and duplicate that, hold up the Washington bread angle. You're talking about at Emerald Downs, right? At Emerald Downs. Because Chum yeah. Salmon, I know, in 85 yeah. was the Lone Wah bread, and he did it. Yeah, the Emerald Downs era. Okay. that Average age, five and a half is the average age of the starters in the mile. Again, five-star general can become the first horse to finish in the top three, four times. And I think we might have mentioned this last week. He's got his fourth different program trainer. Mm -hmm. Glenn Todd brought him from the East back in 2019. He won the BC Derby, uh, raced in the mile the next year, 2020, under Glenn Todd's name, the late Glenn Todd, just a, one great Northwest horseman. Uh, Sandy Gann worked for Glenn Todd. She saddled him in 2021. Doris Harwood had him last year after... Ken Alhadoff bought Five Star General in the Glen Todd dispersal sale. Doris retired, so Grant Forster is saddling Five Star General this year. Okay, and uh, yeah, that's uh, a few sports shorts for me. Concern oh, just a little bit on the stake standings this year. Tom Wenzel has a horse in every stake on Sunday. He has four wins in eight stake starters this season. Four for eight, 50%. And three seconds. So seven of his eight have run in the top two and his stake starts at the meeting. Blaine Wright and David Martinez have two stakes wins each. They're in second place. And Blaine is busy. He has a starter in the Derby, the Oaks, and the Mile. Uh, sport shorts. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. My Seattle Mariners <laughs> are I knew 60, this was coming. 62 yeah. and 52. They just won their seventh game in a row, defeating defeating the star-studded uh, San Diego Padres by a score of 6-1. to one. I was there on Tuesday night when my man Logan Gilbert, seven strong shutout innings, striking out 12 Padre batters, and the Mariners won that game 2 to nothing. They've won seven in a row, 10 of their last 11, and they've been doing it against you know legit baseball teams, the Twins, the Blue Jays, the Twins again. The Boston Red Sox, they swept the uh, the Angels, and they swept the, the 
the Padres. And now this weekend, a very, very good team, even though karma-wise, I'll mention this as well, the Baltimore Orioles uh, come to town. And I don't know if you guys saw this at all. The Baltimore Baltimore Orioles, I literally watched the the whole open of what he got suspended for. We're talking about the play-by-play guy for uh, the Mariners uh, guy by the name of Kevin Brown. Not the, the Orioles. Not the old pitcher or anything like that. He's a broadcaster. And he just brought up basically that, uh, and there was a graph that, that supported it, so it wasn't like he was riffing at all or anything like that, about uh, the, the Orioles in the past had not done that well at Tropicana Field. Well, they, they somehow suspended this guy. And um, let's put it this way, that uh, baseball world and, and everyone out there, especially in this day of social media, have been ram-blasting uh, Peter Angelos, whatever his name is, who who's the owner of the Orioles for suspending this guy. It's just, it's just, it's, it's really just embarrassing behavior by, by the ownership and management of the Baltimore Orioles. But I digress uh, on that. Uh, the Mariners, as I mentioned before, after the Orioles, 16 of 19 games against the little sisters of the poor of major league baseball. They got four against Kansas city. And then they played the legit team, the Astros who they're trying to catch. Then they got at the white Sox, home against Kansas city, home against Oakland. And then at the Mets until that, that gets you to labor day. They're going to the playoffs. Well, no, not necessarily. Cause no. they got to catch Toronto and they got to catch and, or, you know, we'll see. Uh, but they've won what about 15 out of their last 20. You're Something winning like your that. over bet. Well, not yeah. well. They'd have to go at twenty six and twenty two to the final forty eight. He's done the math. I've, I just did the math before I came on. I have an okay. over over under bet of eighty seven and a half wins uh, for the Mariners. So I got to go twenty six and twenty two in the final forty eight games uh, to win that uh, wager. Boy, their their starting pitching is special, though. Yeah, and then you make mention of that. Emerson Hancock was brought up from the minors. Uh, he pitched five strong innings. And uh, for for the Mariners, and then they exploded in the eighth inning uh, in that uh, six to one win. Because that's the thing is like they re- they got three you know studs, if you will, and then they've been relying on two rookies, Bryce Miller and 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 Wu. But Wu has an innings pitch count. He they're not going to let him go too much longer, and so they brought up Hancock. And so it's kind of like how they get through this as well as trying to make the playoffs as well. It's, it's going to be the interesting thing with the Mariners. And then the bullpen has been lights out. It's been the bullpen has been, I may be the best in baseball hmm. in like the last second half of the season here. So a lot of things to like about the, the about the Mariners. We'll see how they do this weekend. Hey, finally a real hot streak as you know, a lot of 500 action in the first few months they, of the they season. They are a good second half team the last few years. They really are. Okay, I got one. Is this be a Long Acres Mile theme? This is uh, trainers run, with horses in Sunday who have won a Long Acres Mile. Okay. And in the mile itself, of course, Blaine Wright, he won in 2020 with another twist of fate. He's also had three seconds in the last five years. Tom Wenzel, of course, we talked about, of course, Loose Tiz Wiz. He won in 2007 with the Great Face. And then last year was Loose Tiz Wiz. Robert Gilker has a horse in race nine. He won with Herbie D. Back in 2013, he's got YVR running in a race on Sunday. Grant Forster, of course, you guys mentioned, 2005. He's got the second choice, five-star general. Kay Cooper's got a couple in. Of course, her father, Jim Penny, the all-time mile king with five wins. And then Marshall Allen's got Daffodil Sweet in the distaff. Wasn't he an assistant for Tom Wenzel back in 07 when Tom won with the great yeah, face, I believe. Exactly. Yeah. And an assistant with 
Doris Harwood in more recent years, although Doris, it was 2010 when she won the mile. Okay, some sports shorts in the books for our Championship Sunday Horse Racing Northwest broadcast. I guess we're down to trivia. All right, this is a tough question, and I haven't been getting too many answers lately because the questions have been really tough because Tarlow and Dockhorn and Nakagawa all get the semi-tough ones real easily. And speaking of Tarlow, Michael Tarlow won our handicapping contest last Saturday. The the little impromptu deal that was free to enter out there by the winner's circle. Michael Tarlow, a frequent trivia question winner, won that handicapping contest. Congratulations. So, uh, name the only horse to win the Long Acres Mile after being claimed out of his previous mile, his previous start. The only horse to win the mile having been claimed in the previous start before the big race. There's only one time that's happened in history. And I mention that because Seattle Bold is in that category this year. He was claimed by Craig Perenboom out of his most recent race, and he's sending him right to the Long Acres Mile. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com, and we'll get you a Long Acres Mile shirt. All right, fellas. Uh, on to the big day Sunday. A few things to do before then, but looking forward to it. And thanks for listening. Our guests, John White, Bill Rappaport. This has been the Mile Week edition of Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>